Do you worry about your cardiac health? Need to reduce your harmful cholesterol? New Roots Herbal offers natural supplement formulations to help reduce elevated blood lipid levels, help keep your cholesterol in check, and support cardiovascular well-being. Discover organic cardiac heart tincture, cholesterol, and slow-release CoQ10. Natural ingredients and guaranteed potency for healthier days and a brighter future. Let's make life better. Find these and other New Roots Herbal products exclusively at quality health food stores. To ensure these products are right for you, always read and follow the label. And for more information, visit NewRootsHerbal.com. You're listening to an interview taken from the Tonic Talk Show and Podcast. My next guest, naturopathic doctor, Philip Rochadis, graduated from the Canadian College of Naturopathic Medicine in 2004. Preceded by an honors undergraduate degree and a master's of science degree, both in nutritional sciences from the University of Guelph. Philip practices at the Bolton Naturopathic Clinic in Bolton, Ontario, with his wife, Dr. Heidi Fritz. Philip's areas of clinical focus include mental health, autoimmune disease, and metabolic syndrome. He also serves as an associate professor of the Canadian College of Naturopathic Medicine, responsible for delivery of the second-year curriculum in clinical nutrition. Welcome back to the show. How are you, sir? I'm doing well. It's very much a treat to be back. Thank you for having me. Yeah, so this month is Heart and Stroke Awareness Month. So this dialogue, this back and forth today is extremely timely, right? Absolutely. So this is also an area that's near and dear to you, right? This is something that you studied in school and this is part of your practice, right? It's a big part of our practice. It's the It remains the number one killer of men and women in North America and it deserves as much attention as we can give it. It's interesting for me because I have a family history. My father had diabetes. I have risk of heart attack on both sides of my family. And fortunately, my blood pressure is good, but I also have to watch my cholesterol. And these are all factors that we're talking about today with respect to heart disease, right? We throw around the term metabolic syndrome, and it literally means the constellation of the big three risk factors. And the big three risk factors are diabetes, cholesterol, and blood pressure. So they do cluster together. We have a fancy word for that called a comorbidity. And it's very common for these major cardiovascular risk factors to cluster themselves together, to be present all at once. There's hereditary elements to this, but it's also a lifestyle uh, situation as well, right? People can develop diabetes from their diet and lack of exercise, and and certainly, you know, all these impact on blood pressure, et cetera, et cetera, right? When we had the privilege of talking about mental health, diet and lifestyle can be a factor, but a lot of supplements are what we turn to for help in that area. Right. When we're talking about metabolic syndrome and diabetes, cholesterol, blood pressure, 85, 90% of this battle truly is diet and lifestyle. It's how we are living that are inducing these metabolic abnormalities. For me, I used to be a commercial litigator, and a lot of listeners know this story, but uh, when I was in my late 30s, I weighed 242 pounds, and I was not active. It took me a year, but I lost 52 pounds, and I changed my life, and I thought if a type A personality like me could do it, really anybody could. So my message is that what we're talking about today is crucially important, and everybody is capable of making that change. I'd say, first of all, congratulations on what is a very safe and appropriate strategy of weight loss. Far too many people don't take such an appropriate strategy. Losing 50 pounds over the course of a year is very appropriate, and that's a very proper way to go about things. And that we are in an epidemic of obesity. 
Yeah. 70% of adults in North America are overweight or obese, and it absolutely is killing us. Let's talk about these factors, and what are the factors that increase the likelihood of having these factors? The big factor is waist circumference. Right. There's a thousand different ways to assess adiposity or how much you weigh, etc. And a really eloquent study comparing MRI to all other methods concluded the best method for determining adiposity is simple waist circumference. It's a tape measure around your belly button and your love handles, the widest part of your waist, because that is relating to, if I may differentiate, two different types of fat we have. One is under our skin, which is subcutaneous. We might not like how that looks, but that's not really health detrimental. The one that's detrimenting our health is the fat that surrounds our organs, and we call that visceral fat. That is very hormonally active. It drives systemic inflammation in our body. And weight loss very directly corrects that. Yes. And there is a hereditary element to that. There are people who are more inclined to carry their weight around their waist and they have higher indications of the big three, which lead to heart disease. And that, unfortunately, is where I find myself. And that's why I really had to make those changes because I was carrying my weight around the middle more than anything else. And it was indicative of uh, real potential health risk. It's absolutely true. So let's talk about how these factors impact the body. And, you know, this isn't an instantaneous thing, right? Like it takes time to get to the point where you're you're at risk. These occur over time and I hope we get to differentiate them, but yeah. forest for the trees, one appropriate weight loss and exercise is going to very powerfully influence all three. Yes. So that's right across the board. Overweight obesity contributes to all three of these and addressing physical inactivity And an elevated waist circumference very directly begins to correct all three of these metabolic abnormalities. And I would add this, you know, it took me a year to lose the 52 pounds, but it took me a hell of a lot longer to get to the point where I needed to lose 52 pounds. And there's lots of reasons why. I mean, I was an emotional eater. I was a commercial litigator, which meant I spent a lot of time behind the desk and I wasn't active. I had young kids, which meant I didn't have necessarily time to exercise. But at the end of the day, all those were just excuses. And And really, you know, if your health is important to you, you're going to have to deal with it. The one thing I try to stress here is when we talk about exercise, everyone has this, I think, misconception about what we mean. We're not trying to turn people into Arnold Schwarzenegger. No. We're talking about potentially a 20-minute walk per day. Right. That is a life-changing amount of physical activity. A 20-minute walk per day. I tell people, leave your front door walk for 10 minutes, turn around, walk home. That makes massive difference. And it's it's if you put your mind to it, it's not as hard to commit to as you may think. I get sent studies virtually every day just because of who I am and where I am in health and wellness. People sending me reports and studies that I might want to put on the show or put in the magazine. And I just got one this morning saying how important it is, particularly when you are aging, if you can't get the type of exercise that is weight resistant and still just doing the 10,000 steps is going to majorly impact your health. I think that is absolutely life-changing, and I think few people have any actual need to go beyond that. That difference between zero and something is 90% of the battle. The something to elite actually affords very little further health benefit. So if I wanted to impact the health risks, what should I do and and what should my expectations reasonably be about how long it's going to take to actually make the material changes necessary? It's actually quite remarkable and that's why I love working in this area because you don't have to wait months and years. The changes occur absurdly quickly. Well, that's good news. When you're talking about diabetes now, I mean, you do something for a day, right. you'll see this wonderful change. If you go back to your old habits, no, too bad. It's going right. to be reversed, right? Yeah. But how long does it take to impact blood sugar? Less than 12 hours. 
If you positively change your diet today, you will wake up tomorrow morning with a radically different blood sugar reading. <laughs> and as long as you continue to do those positive diet and lifestyle changes, you'll never see the old readings. It will correct that quickly. Cholesterol takes two to three weeks. That's it. You make appropriate diet and lifestyle changes, recheck a cholesterol panel two, three weeks later, you will see radical change. The problem is, can you sustain that? Right. I really don't care what your cholesterol is three weeks later. What is it a year from now? Right. That's what you need to be worried about with these things. But the change does occur very rapidly. Blood pressure takes a little longer. You're going to see slow, progressive improvement in blood pressure that'll maximize by about four, five, six weeks. Do you want to discuss the types of things that people can do to actually affect the change that we're talking about? The exercise and weight loss, if appropriate, are absolutely key. Number two, we touched on it with mental health, the Mediterranean diet pattern specific to blood pressure was something called the DASH diet. If you increase vegetables, increase fruit, add olive oil, and add nuts, you crush blood pressure, you radically improve glucose control, yeah. and you lower bad cholesterol very powerfully. Olive oil and nuts do all three of these to the level of a prescription drug. No, no exaggeration. Two tablespoons of unheated olive oil per day powerfully lowers bad cholesterol, improves glucose control, and lowers blood pressure. And nuts specifically discussing almonds, walnuts, and pistachios, raw, unsalted, unroasted, powerfully lower all three risk factors. Yeah, and I have, I have ones, and you, know, you, you, you can chime in and tell me if I'm offbeat, but what really helped me lose the weight and deal with cholesterol levels and blood pressure was I had oatmeal for breakfast every single morning during the entire time that I lost the weight. And to date, I still have oatmeal at least five times a week. And and I'm talking about not instant oatmeal, but oats that you have to cook slowly and you mix it with fruit and it keeps you full for the morning and it gets you um, fiber and it helps with your cholesterol. It really does. My perspective there may be a hair different. Was okay. that a good way to start the morning? Of course it was. But by making it oatmeal every day, what wasn't it? By making that positive life child yeah. change, you weren't having a muffin for breakfast. Well, I wasn't having the bagel, right? right? Like I, I used to have a bagel for breakfast and it would be nothing. But now when I look at a bagel, I can't eat a whole bagel. I have to eat a half a bagel because it just, it seems like too much to me, right? I it, could it, describe three, four, five breakfasts that are all real appropriate yeah. that will get there. Yeah. Oatmeal's definitely on the list. Poached eggs. But when you make the, the right decision, yeah. you're now not making the wrong decision. And that's a really big factor when talking about weight loss and healthy diet. Okay, let's, let's talk about some more specific strategies to each of the factors that we're talking about, okay? Let's start with diabetes. What would you recommend in terms of specific strategies? We keep stressing it. The diet and lifestyle are absolutely key here. The olive oil and the nuts are absolutely key. If you're going to enter the supplement realm, I'm going to say this is an area where our industry is frankly outdated. Oh. And a lot of the available natural health products for glucose control, in my opinion, frankly, are inappropriate. And the recent evidence highlights three really powerful substances that can help with glucose control. And what are they? Um, number one is inositol. Okay. Very cost-effective, offered as a powder, a scoop a day is the dose, has so many other wide-ranging benefits. I'd love to do three episodes just on inositol with you. What is it? It is related to the B family of vitamins, gets into cell membranes, it even has an important role in mental health, but specifically very powerfully, it improves glucose control. 
Number two is cinnamon. That's pretty known. That's been around a long time. Yep. Very good data that cinnamon improves blood sugar. And number three will shock people. You will have heard of it for other things, but it has great evidence for glucose control, and that's curcumin. Mm -hmm. or turmeric, really helpful for glucose control. So supplements-wise, if you were to think about one for diabetes, those would be the big three. I'll backtrack and say, if you're worried about diabetes, cholesterol, blood pressure, one supplement we should be talking about for all of them is fish oil. Mm -hmm. Fish oil clearly powerfully reduces cardiovascular risk and likelihood of sudden fatal heart attack. It can reduce risk of non-fatal major coronary events. Across the board, if you're worried about cardiovascular risk, probably supplement number one would be fish oil. Let's move to cholesterol now. What would you recommend there? So I got some neat uh, asides to say about this one. Seemingly, people don't know about it. I've been teaching about it for 16 years. Non-paper filtered coffee, so cappuccino, espresso, French press, if the paper, if the coffee does not go through a paper filter, it aggressively increases bad cholesterol. Yeah, I, and that's a shocking one to me. Can you explain the science behind I'm that? I'm sorry to all the people that own the very expensive machines. Yeah, and all we, of that. we we got one last year. I'm we're now worried. <laughs> there's there's two <laughs> molecules in coffee beans, caffeol and cholesterol. They act directly on the liver to powerfully increase bad cholesterol. If you paper filter the coffee, you remove these fats. So paper filtered coffee will not impact. I want to take this a step further. Okay. So you drink an espresso a day. Bad cholesterol is elevated. If I give you the prescription, the prescription is going to lower bad cholesterol, LDL cholesterol, about 30%. If you're drinking an espresso a day and you do nothing other than switch to paper filtered coffee rather than espresso, that will lower your LDL cholesterol about 25%. Of the cholesterol that you're ingesting, right? Because the body produces LDL itself. No, it's the coffee driving further liver synthesis. The oh, non-paper okay. filtered coffee is forcing your liver to make more bad cholesterol. And and for those who listen to the show, you'll know that the body is responsible for more cholesterol production than whatever it is you're taking in through your diet. Right. Eggs don't increase bad cholesterol. That's right. one of the most horrible myths ever pe perpetuated. Okay. Do you have anything else to talk about with cholesterol? Avoid the non-paper filtered coffee. Supplements-wise, fish oil does really good things to a cholesterol panel. There's another type of bad cholesterol called triglyceride. Fish oil crushes triglycerides. You're talking 50-plus percent reductions in triglyceride level with appropriate doses of fish oil. And the other really supplement that you would mention for cholesterol is plant sterols. They're, they've been around a long time. They're added to foods. You can get plant sterol fortified margarine, plant sterol fortified yep. mayo, salad dressing. They very effectively lower bad cholesterol. For the last part of the interview, let's talk about blood pressure. I love that we got here. The most important thing I'll say about blood pressure, and this could relate to so many aspects of life, meditation breathing. Yep. A device that teaches meditation breathing is an FDA-approved medical intervention for hypertension. Calming your breathing down, deep breathing 10 minutes a day is an effective treatment for blood pressure. Um, Supplements-wise, there's one really important one we have to mention, that is coenzyme Q10. Okay. It's a really common one. People know about it. does really good things for your brain, does really good things for your heart, and very, very powerfully lowers blood pressure. And if we're getting that particular supplement, how much should we be taking? Is it is it a daily thing? Yeah, it's a daily thing. It is safe to combine with medications, 100 milligrams a day or 100 milligrams twice a day. That would be pretty standard dosing for coenzyme Q10. 
Fantastic. Thank you so much for coming on the show today. It's always a treat. Thanks for having me, and I hope to be back soon.